Greetings, I am Jim. And I am Sean, and we welcome you to our podcast. Our goal is to entertain you with our discussions about RPG, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Level 3, Episode 24. Adding music to your D&D game. Come listen to us catch up and talk about Epic Inktober and Jim's controversial lack of respect for Halloween. What the heck is going on? Before we dig in deep on our love of music and our D&D sessions. Hear us talk about different genres, bands, and tips to adding this great immersion element to your current setup. Then give an ear when we use the cool Rory Story Cubes to create some impromptu mini-story setups. All this and more in our latest episode of 13-Sided Die. Hey everybody, we are back in your ears. Uh, It is Sean here and my good friend... Epic Jim. Yes, Epic Jim. And uh, yeah, we got an exciting show lined up today. A really fun topic. We're going to talk about music uh, that we use in um, games, in D&D we're playing, uh, kind of background music and stuff. That's going to be really exciting to talk about. Um, maybe just a quick uh, kind of what's going on right now, Jim. I know one of the big things right now this month in October is the Epic Inktober. Uh, we're about just over, well, oh, two thirds. Yeah, two thirds. We're over halfway, two thirds way through. Uh, how are you doing with it? Oh, awesome. I'm actually only one day ahead now. So I got really (laughs) hammered down this weekend and because I can't do it on work days. So, oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. I was just saying, uh, I was talking to my buddy this morning. I said, How funny would that be if I just like dropped out of Inktober, you know? Just and then that'd be awesome. No, never would. Never would. I love that there's like these themes emerging, like uh, yours are skull related every day which i think is awesome uh mrs epic has been doing pumpkins i believe every day isn't it yeah Yeah. that's really cool um and uh i wanted to do something um a little different where it's just a little tiny image they're like an inch and a half by an inch and a half little tiny drawings i've got like crazy magnifying glasses i wear to try and draw them but they're all on one page so it's going to kind of almost look like a calendar in a way kind of thing so it's uh yeah yeah it's kind of fun kind of something that looks awesome it's good it's it's just a giggle um there are times because i do them each day where it's like it'll be getting ready to go to bed and it's like oh damn it i didn't do the drawing oh. so run downstairs to the studio at like 11 11 11 30 at night and hammer out a drawing that those days suck but yeah. that's my fault um yeah no it's really fun so uh any of you out there if you're doing it as well you know enjoy it if not check out jim's uh instagram uh account and he has every day's post stories for everybody who's uh, contributing and uh yeah it's a lot of fun it's a a drawing a day based on a bunch of prompts that jim put together it's really fun oh, thanks man yeah and i have them all saved on my instagram page too perfect yeah from and awesome. last year's too so yeah, that's sick. So yeah. a lot of fun. A really good thing to do. So that's cool. So much talent. So much oh. talent. <laughs> oh, some of the people that are doing like full scale drawings every day, like it's unreal. Yeah. Like commitment. Wow. Yeah. I have a hard time good. knocking out like a 20 minute drawing a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. it's all good. Um, cool. Uh, anything else going on that we want to briefly chat about before we get started? Uh uh, a little fun fact about me that I've mm-hmm. told a couple people lately and they seem to be really surprised about it. So just thought okay. I'd tell, tell our listeners this. I'm not a big Halloween guy. Oh. And that surprises a lot of people. Yeah. 
I just yeah. I dress up all year round. There's always a skeleton <laughs> in the fungin. I'm obsessed with skulls all the time. It's I get it. I just there's nothing special about it to me. But it's a cool time of year when you get to share it with other people. I could, I share it all year round with everybody. I I, I really got into it. like I used to as a kid. I was obsessed with um, the famous monsters magazines um, uh, that were like all these weird, gory, gruesome stuff. Uh, I loved old horror films uh, like the proper old Universal um, cinema horror films. You know, you know, Dracula, uh, mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera, and all that kind of stuff. And so I loved that. And so Halloween really worked into that for me. I always was a big fan. And um, I, I actually, as I got a little bit older, I, I didn't care so much about going out as much as I kind of liked actually spooking up the house and the yard and handing out candy and stuff to the kids getting dressed up. I, that was the, my deal. I kind of really enjoyed that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so the yard is getting bigger and bigger each year. Like I've got that tombstone I did last year, and I put a kind of a skeleton with a big uh, cape hood out in the yard, and it's lit up. And I had my fog machine out there last year, and uh, now this year I've got those um, the two pedestals that we had at ArtCon. I'm going to have those oh, out in yeah. the yard as well. So yeah. oh, awesome! It's kind of fun. So yeah, I don't. Know, I got a giggle out of that kind of stuff. But but I just yeah. want you and everyone to know that you can do that all year round. You, know, you don't have to wait until Halloween to put tombstones out in your front yard if you want. You can just do that. <laughs> that, that is true. You can. People people will look at you a little weird, but I get that anyway. So it's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Too funny. Cool. Well, there you go, people. Some little insight into uh, Mr. Jim. Pretty interesting. And uh, with that, we'll probably get into today's topic. I know I'm excited to talk about it. Um, this was your idea, I believe. It's a great idea. We've talked about I think music a number of times before, but we never really did a whole show on it. So it's kind of exciting. And uh, for those of you out there, like music is a huge thing to, to include. Uh, it's, it's just such a massive thing to have in a game. And if you, if you're not playing music in the background, I think you're really missing out. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it just, I think it's one more, we, we've talked about that on our kind of the shows we talk about being that immersion, getting people into it. And, you know, things like the Fungin uh, down here in the D&D club house here, um, it's it's great to have all the props and things around you. That certainly does it. Lighting is a thing. And we've talked about, you know, burning incense if you want, candles, all that kind of stuff. But nothing does it more for me than music. And uh, during the pandemic, when we were playing online, um, I had to keep going through different bots for work because they kept stop using certain parts of it. But even then we had music in the background, which was, I think it's just an intrinsic part of the game. So I, I think I, I heavily stressed to add it to your stuff and it can be so simple. Like you can just have a little speaker playing in the bottom corner, have put a playlist on your iPhone or something. And you don't have to be fancy and you, and you don't want it loud. It just needs to be background music there. So it doesn't yeah. make a difference. Yeah. I wanted to say right off the top, man, like I love the lobby before your games. Yeah. And Sean always plays like the Conan the Barbarian soundtrack yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It just it puts you in such a good uh like sense and kind of immerses you before the game even starts. Yeah, it's huge. And and it's still so silly, but it is. It's like I play the stupid Conan soundtrack every time we play. But I, I think one time I didn't and I got a lot of flack from players, like because it wasn't the music they're expecting to hear. Um and it I found that's something that's really interesting. I think D and D players are very, um, very in their ways, and they like certain things, and they really like ritual. And if you change things, it can mess some things up. Um, one of the things I do that's very specific with music 
is um, whenever there's a success in the game, when when the characters have uh, have reached a level, they've done something like something big. They defeated a big monster, or they've, they've you know figured out this thing, and they, they, there's this level of like oh yeah, and there's that kind of feeling of that climax and that oh you know oh we got there, and you just you feel almost you can feel like a, you could almost take a break because you you know you've done you succeeded. Whenever that happens, I play a track, and it just started as a joke, like in our early games like about seven years ago uh with this group of people i wanted to play something like that some kind of level of success music or something so i i looked up i think i, I typed in words like a, a victory music something like that mm-hmm. and what came up was world's greatest battle music ever victory <laughs> two steps from hell uh is the people that do it and if you're not familiar with it Check it out because, uh, like Jim and I know, it's just it's so epic. It's just as and it's this really sweeping epic music, and it feels it does feel like this big climax has happened type of thing, like celebration. And I played it kind of as a joke, and people really liked it. And so now every time, every game, there's usually some level of success that happens, and I play this music. And uh, when we started this and campaign that we're in now i thought eh, maybe it'd be fun to have a different song so i went looking for another song and i think at the first time there was that i played a different song and everyone's like looking going like what the hell is this where's our, <laughs> where's our epic music where's the victory song and again i think players really key into this as a certain level of uh, familiar familiar familiarity that they like and they want to hear and that they're used to and if you change too much it can mess people up so yeah, that, that's a kind of a fun thing to do. But it, it's great to have that on hand and you play that, mm-hmm. you know, at that at that moment. Yeah. And then also don't like spend too much time worrying about the music, though. Try to have like a playlist kind of. Yes. Set aside for, you don't want to be like flipping through like, oh, hold on. OK, the vampire comes out. Give me a second. OK, yeah, yeah, hold yeah. up, you know. Yeah, you have to be really careful with that. Um, I think it's easier in person to do that kind of stuff online's a little tougher because the bots that you use like in discord you kind of have to it's harder to stop a song and start another one and it's very difficult but when you're in person you can be a little bit more you know a little easier but like jim says don't don't try and go track by track because it's going to take way too much of your time up and you're going to get lost in it you know and it's just it's really hard to do but you're a gm not a dj yeah, that's right, eh? Totally. It's M, not J. Um, Jim, what, what what kind of um, music do you like to have playing uh, when uh, you are playing? Uh, I got a whole bunch here that I wrote down. I used to like doing like background kind of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like game soundtracks, that kind of stuff. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah. But I found I like to just put on like Iron Maiden mm-hmm. or like, you know what I mean? Like Blind Guardian, like the, that kind of Yep. vibe like bands that sing about fantasy stuff going on or like even metallica I, yeah. I just find for like battles that works better because i find some of those like background video game soundtracks it's really hard to find a good like battle song and some bells take like an hour or more yes, yes. so you know it, you can just put on like a whole metallica album and just yeah kinda... I, I find uh, a lot of the stuff i play in that kind of that vein would be um, things like uh, rainbow 
mm-hmm. uh, older rainbow uh, post um, deep purple is a huge uh, one of my favorite bands love playing their stuff which is very you know ronnie james dio singing about wizards and you know silver mountains and everything which is awesome uh jethro tell is also good because it's got the flute element to it. it has kind of a medieval feel mm-hmm. so jethro tell is pretty cool uh, i like putting on uh recently playing a lot of sticks which i know you got interested in when i was playing some of that uh, a mm-hmm. couple of ca- a couple of games ago sticks always has really cool stuff uh, i like stuff like danzig is really cool to play as well um i love the misfits but i think danzig is a little bit more um fitting in some ways uh we talked about some soundtracks of the john carter soundtrack when they did the john carter uh of mars uh film the soundtrack from that is actually really good too and that works quite well um we've talked about this before and i actually don't like playing lord of the rings while we're playing it just sometimes feels too on the nose and just i don't know and i think sometimes people can get a little lost thinking about lord of the rings when you're playing it yeah you know what i mean yeah that's i don't know sometimes howard shore though he's got so like some of those songs are so good you know it's true it's true i I think just sometimes it gets too close to it for me so Mm -hmm. it's pretty rare i put that on um now something i do as well is when we are um i like that music in the background when stuff's happening like just when it's kind of the the normal table going but i find when a battle is going to happen when we go into an encounter situation i do change up the music at that point and i tend to get out of that music and then i almost always play uh some synth pop because it's faster pace that rhythm that beat and so some of the bands like gunship is a band i absolutely love uh carpenter brute laser hawk stuff like that and that kind of the kind of an 80s style pumping you know synth pop music works really well for um for like battle i find so that's something that at least in my group and like we you know we want to get our t-shirts done one day every table is different um for my table that's what a lot of the people seem to like and it works really well your table is your own table and it could be totally different um you know you gotta see what the what the what the crowd likes and what works for them yeah uh have you ever listened to bardcore yeah no that's it's like famous songs like instrumental covers okay with like lutes and medieval instruments and stuff that's they'll, cool they like rap songs and just all over so like we sitting there and eminem's going the like beat of yeah, it yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's fi- it's medieval fantasy. So like, <laughs> sometimes it takes a minute to be like, why do I recognize this? But like, it sounds medieval. That is cool. So, and there's huge playlists with that. Just type in Bardcore. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a- really neat. I'll check that out. If you're thinking about getting into playing music, if you've not done it before, something I would highly, highly recommend checking out is a band called Midnight Syndicate. And uh, they have an album. It's called Dungeons and Dragons. I think it specifically is. I play that so often because the songs really blend nicely into each other. Jim said earlier, too, you don't want to go and keep changing stuff. So it's great to put on something that's like, got you know, a good hour or more that can can run for. Um, Sometimes, depending on our game, I'll put on that, um, you know, Midnight Syndicate Dungeons and Dragons uh, record. It's not a record. It's digital. But you know what I mean? And just put it on loop and let it play once or twice through. And, And again, people in my group are used to that music so it actually works for them like you don't don't be worried about being fresh and new it it it, it's actually about a feeling of um being familiar with it like when when people around the table hear these songs that they know it actually puts them into their characters even more because they associate the music i think with their characters sometimes so don't worry about having to change it up all the time like it's totally fine to you know kind of keep playing those things over and over yeah and then like for taverns and stuff you can mm. just go on youtube and type in tavern ambiance music and there's yeah hundreds of them 
Hundred percent. I, I got a list here of ones like I have a, a little um, a notepad file that I have that has a whole bunch of these things, and they've all got links to them to go and pull them up. But I have a if I want to do kind of um, like ambient thematic type music, like Jim says, like sometimes you might be going into you know come some kind of weird spooky crypt, so you want to not maybe not play music, but play something that matches that. It's nice to have these on hand, and you don't want to be searching for them. Do your homework in advance. Mm. And just have it as a link. You can have them as bookmarks. You can click on, like, whatever. Something you just easily can bring up. And so some of the ones that I've pulled up that you can type this right into YouTube is, like, I have a HP Lovecraft music. It's orchestral, ambient, creepy horror music. So that's a great one. Yeah. Like, you know, medieval fantasy music. Thunder. I, like, have some weather sounds and stuff as well, which kind of fits into it. Medieval village, countryside, daytime forest, nighttime forest. Uh, woodland ambience, medieval harbor. That's a great one to have, to have the sound mm. of seagulls and waves. Medieval festival, tavern. Like if you can search those on YouTube and get links for all those and then bookmark them, put them in as a playlist, just click on them, whatever. Great to have that stuff available. Um, you know, if you really want to be crazy and be a DJ-ish person, you could have something playing music in the background and then put like, you know, the medieval harbor on top of it. So you've got music playing with the harbor sounds if you have two devices to do that. If you want to get that crazy it's up to you um it, it, again it's just about how comfortable you are doing it and how much you want to bring that into your game and and with your players but i'll guarantee if you're not doing it you'll be really surprised how much cooler it makes the whole situation it's so much fun yeah there's apps i believe for it too if you actually want to like do your own kind of mixing sirenscape i think cool. is one of them well, but it's a paid thing mm -hmm. i find it hard to pay for that kind of stuff when there's so much free stuff on youtube that is and true that is true uh one i will mention that i absolutely love um and it's a channel on youtube and it's called the dungeon synth archives and it is sick like they put together this crazy cool all these different kinds of like environmental type things and like it's all like you know if you're going into a crypt or if you're going into something else and it's all kind of done with like um kind of neat synthesizer type sounds and stuff and it's 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 really really effective really good and they just keep producing stuff like i subscribe to them and they just songs just keep coming out it's really really good so oh, that's an area yeah i'd recommend people to check it out leave it to listen to you can certainly pull stuff out just have playing in the background which is creepy and fun and cool yeah i would also recommend if you're doing the youtube route uh, make sure that there's no ads in those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ones that you're doing. So yeah. Another little fun fact. I use um, uh, tavern ambience music to fall yeah. asleep oh, a couple cool. times, co probably a couple times a week. I think it's because my parents would have like friends over playing cards and stuff. And I just got used to it <laughs> as a kid. I don't know what it is, but it's so relaxing to me. So let's pop on awesome. the headphones and put on. So glasses tinking and people walking around <laughs> and fire crackling and stuff. Sometimes there's rain. But once That's in a while, cool. I'll, I'll put on one that has a freaking ad in the middle. So I'll be almost asleep. And then all yeah. of a sudden, are you happy with your insurance? Just oh, I get jolted <laughs> awake. I'm like, what is this? And that'd be what a way to take your players out of the immersion. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm one of those rare fools that actually subscribe to YouTube. Uh, so I use their YouTube music app for uh, listening to music. Uh, and then when I listen to YouTube, you have no ads if you subscribe. So it costs a little bit a month, but it's a real pleasure to watch anything on YouTube with no, zero ads. Like I can watch anything and zero ads. And that's a beauty. I love that. So you're right, though. You really want to be careful. You don't get zinged on that because that throws you right out of the game. Yeah. Um, so uh, every 
show, Sean always talks a little bit about Critical Role because, you know, why not? Um, they have two really, really good soundtracks that you can pull up. And it's Welcome to Wildmont and Welcome to Taldori. And it's the music that they've put together. And it's very orchestral and it's very sweeping and it's a really good soundtrack. So those are readily available online. And again, if you just put one of those on and let it play in the background, you'd be surprised how much more it could bring to your game just having that cool music playing. Yeah, I think I've seen on, was it right or something? You can find it online, but Matt Mercer like talks about all the music that he used to play like back in the like Geek and Sundry days and stuff. Yeah. He just like puts up his playlists. Yeah. So you, can just, you can just copy him if you want, if you're critical totally. role fan you like that music yeah totally totally um there's something really fun and silly in our game as well um in um my current campaign in the town of blackmore where the uh, players have their own place they stay in across the street from it is their inn called the three-legged mare that they hang out in and the uh, singer inside there is called uh, dolores uh, derriere and uh, when they sing, I always put on uh, Kelly Clarkson songs as kind of a joke. And so that, that singer sounds like <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, which is a lot of fun. So we've heard a couple of Kelly Clarkson songs, uh, which is a giggle. Um, and so, you, you know, you can do silly stuff like that. You can actually tie it to a NPC if you want certain music and certain things. So um, use it as a tool. Like it's just something to enhance the game. Um, you don't have to. None of the stuff that Jim and I ever talk about are have to things. But there are things that we have found that have really helped our games expand and go to kind of that next level and you just want to kind of attack all the different senses you know in a positive way and music is certainly one of them um i i find it actually really hard to play without without music playing now like it, uh -huh. it makes the room feel really quiet even with everyone talking and being loud it still feels quiet without some kind of music in the background yeah and with your uh, npc thing there with kelly clarkson yeah I would recommend not using like Dio or Ozzy. No. Because your players will want to hang out with that NPC all the time. And you're going to have to work on your Dio, your Ozzy uh, impersonation. Ozzy is kind of a hard one to impersonate. So. Sharon! Sharon! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right, Jim. You want to be really careful. And that's just a really good tip in general. Like if you introduce an NPC, Make sure you're comfortable with that NPC because you never know how much they might get grabbed onto. And, you know, players can do anything. They might wind up and hire that NPC. They might, you know, befriend them, in them with them all the time. So don't ever put something out on the table that you don't enjoy because you never know how much you have to live with it, right? Yeah, I mean, you could always drop an anvil on <laughs> Dio's head, too, if you, you don't get that tired. Is, of that to... is true. That is true. You could, you could be cruel and do that. Yes. <laughs> Roll for damage. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What other things you have for that, bud? trying to think what other i use uh the dragon father that's another good one on youtube okay um i've not checked that one out uh they're good ones these ones uh, spotify too spotify youtube both are all the same stuff uh hold dweller like tales under the oak that's like really creepy kind of old school sounding cool. rpg music yeah i really like that stuff um ga game soundtracks once yeah. in a while yeah put on skyrim or witcher world of warcraft all of them have amazing yeah. soundtracks right the top people in the world work on those so yeah i've done that a few times uh, especially i know the world of warcraft one which i don't play but i have listened to the soundtrack many times now and it it's something that those kind of things like almost any of those soundtracks that you can they're, they're made to be epic and sweeping but they're also made to be playing in the background of a movie like when the movie's running right so they work really well as background sound for you um 
There's nothing wrong with having music that has singing in it, but I do tend to find sometimes the stuff without that is just kind of more instrumental is a little bit easier. Um, the players will absorb it as opposed to being engaged with it. Like, you know, I love putting Iron Maiden on sometimes too, but I find as, as I do that, I look around and my players are like just singing along with a song. And I think, are they more into the song than the game? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, so you have to kind of be careful sometimes on stuff like that. I, I tend to find that sometimes just more of the uh, instrumental stuff is a little bit better. It's a bit more ambient. Yeah. Yeah, the only I'll only put on uh, like Iron Maiden and stuff if there's like a battle going on. Yeah, because they have to be engaged in the battle. Yeah, yeah, that's keep, cool. Keep some roped in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's really cool. It's it's a very uh, it's a very fun thing to do and it's a great thing to add to it. Um, and and like I said, just all the things we talk about. Don't ever be afraid of trying them either. Like you know, and and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you know, ask your players. You know, set the table out, get it going, put some music on and see how they're going, if they like it or not. And, you know, I, I pretty much guarantee you they will. It's something that, uh, you know, that I think works so well with it that I can't see a reason why somebody wouldn't be, you know, interested in it. You may have to play with the volume, like to find the right volume for the room for people to be uh, able to do everything and not be kind of um, put out by the, the music. But that's just stuff you have to check and figure out what works. Yeah, I find the yeah, and some of those like playlists, if you just type in like. D and D, yeah, background music. Where sometimes there's some like real duds in there, like real yeah. slow songs or some weird slow elf song with like some woman singing. And you're like, what is this? It's like this is distracting for yeah. everybody. <laughs> Fast forward, <laughs> yeah. So, and don't and be don't, afraid. Of, yeah, don't ahead. be afraid to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. If it's not working, just hit fast forward and move on to the next song. Like no one cares. Like it's yeah. you're not recording like a, a movie. <laughs> it's not a real, you know, it's it's just you guys in the room, move on to the next song if it's not working and stuff. So and you can uh, tie it into your game, you know, have yeah. that be some dumb be shut up wench and then someone throws a cup at her and then that she stops singing and then the next song starts up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just want to play with it. Like I said, use it as a tool. Like all these things are just tools, but uh, yeah, it works really well. Yeah. Yeah. That's other than that. I just, uh, I wrote down a list of bands that sing about fantasy. Cool. So that was, if anyone's, yeah, let's go through I some listen of to that so much. Yeah. Right? Iron Man, of course. Yeah. Uh, Wind Rose. They do like a diggy diggy hole there. It's like a Viking metal band. Oh, cool. Or dwarven metal band. It's yeah. Yeah. Just, it's so fine. They just, they, and they dress up like dwarves on stage and stuff. They on like quite the show. Yeah. Sick. Uh, Dragon forest. They sing about like fighting stuff in space and lots of fantasy stuff too. Yeah. Um, got glory hammer, Rhapsody of fire, Marna Marth. That's another Viking band tier. That's another one. Twilight forest, Necrogoblicon. They're, uh, not their lead singer, but they have like a goblin on stage on all their shows and they <laughs> sing about goblins like all the time. Like Crazy. most of the songs are about goblins. Oh, and the makeup and the guy is so good. Like he looks like a goblin. <laughs> like oh, they do like fun. a real good job. So it's pretty cool. Uh, three inches of blood. Yeah. They sing about like old medieval battles and stuff. Totally. Says orcs and all that cool stuff. Blind Guardian, you know, so it just I know I find it's good to listen to it like as a DM. You can get some like real good inspiration mm. from that music. Yeah, well, for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm it's probably just 
how I grew up, but I've almost always had music around me. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I've always had music playing when I'm doing stuff, especially being an artist doing stuff. You have music playing in the background and stuff. Um, many books that I've read, I would find there'd be a record that I'd really kind of key to that book. And then I just put it on and I'm, I'm really bad about obsessing on things. So I could listen to the same album over and over and over as I read the book. So there's certain books in my life that I can, I, when I talk about them, I associate a record to them, which is kind of fun. Oh, wow. Uh, like, it, like it's its own soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So I think you're you're totally right, Jim. Like I think if you're uh, if you're you know working on your game and stuff, yeah, make sure you have music playing. Get inspired by it. Get get into the mood. Yeah, that's uh that kind of blows my mind, Sean. That you do that. Listen, <laughs> put on a record while you're trying to read a book. I could not do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I and a lot of times, like for a lot of years, I took the bus to work, and so it was like ten or twelve years I rode the bus to work, and I would just read all the time, and I learned how to read in small little you know sittings. And I would just have headphones on and I'd be listening to a record, you know, of some album that seemed to match the book. And I would just kind of listen to that only when I read the book kind of thing. So, yeah. Do you have any that you can think off the top of your head that's like a fancy book that you read? Mm, Not so much fantasy. Uh, I know one that really, really plays in my head that way is um, Douglas Copeland, one of my favorite authors, Canadian author, wrote uh, Generation X. He wrote a book called Girlfriend in a Coma. And it's kind of like almost like a post-apocalyptic after a big thing happening type stuff and he wrote the book and i was listening to uh david bowie and it's the album called honky dory and it's one of my favorite david bowie albums love that album so i cannot listen to that album without thinking of that book or vice versa which is kind of fun oh cool uh, yeah it's kind of neat which ties um, back to fantasy because David Bowie is the Goblin King. So there you go, right? Yeah, <laughs> King, King of Fantasy all ties together. <laughs> yeah, music is just like a soundtrack of your life. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's so huge. And uh, and when I was young, I, I did this really foolish thing. I um and you remember we all got to remember Sean's old. So growing up in the seventies, um, I started listening to um. I guess a bit of a mixture of music. I had some influence of some British uh, 60s music from my parents because they'd grown up in Britain in the 60s. And then I heard somewhere, I can't remember the first time I heard it, but I heard Kiss for the first time and it <laughs> blew my mind, right? Like I was just like, so I got so into Kiss and then Meatloaf came out with Bad Out of Hell, which is amazing. And I really got into kind of the harder, you know, sounding rock music of that time. And that's all I listened to. And so for about, you know, four or five years in the 70s, that's kind of all I was really consuming. And then we moved back to England in 79. And um, in England, they, have a thing, they used to have a thing called Top of the Pops. And every Thursday night on TV, they would kind of go through the top songs of the charts. And in Britain, the charts used to be that it could be all over the place, like literally like spanning every genre you can think of. And so I got exposed to a lot of different music. And in the late 70s, early 80s, it was a big change in music was happening. There was so many different styles going on. And it really opened my horizons. And I realized that you, you, you don't have to be fanatically loyal to one genre, right? And the more you listen to, the better you'll understand and, and like all music. And so that is something since, you know, I was probably about 14, 15 when I realized that. And so since then, I've just kind of allowed myself to, I don't care the genre. If I like the sound, I like it. Do you know what I mean? And not, doesn't matter if it's a country song, like I'm, I'm not a big country fan, but if it's a country song that I like the sound of it, I like the song. It doesn't matter. And if you don't cut yourself off, you know, you can really hear some cool, cool stuff. But if you close your mind and say, I only listen to, you know, like this genre, 
you, you miss out on a lot of stuff, which is a drag. Oh yeah. Yeah. People, uh, I would get the music police called on me if people saw like my playlists on Spotify, cause it right? is, is so all over the place. That's <laughs> great. It's so great. Cause you get, you'll hear, you, you'll hear so much and, and expand on so many different things. Yeah. It's fine. Me and uh, one of my buddies were like pretty big metal heads and we like some like real heavy stuff. Yeah. We'll go, we'll go from like Arch Enemy or whatever, like to Taylor Swift or Katy Perry, like the next song, right? Like it is so all over the place. Well, that's, that's whiplash right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. But you know what? I don't know. I think it's worse when you're younger too, because I think as a kid, you feel very much that you're looked at and judged by mm-hmm. the things that you do and, and, you know, the things you listen to. So I think you feel very much that you have to be in that zone that, you know, this is who I am. But I think as you get older, you start realizing it just doesn't matter. And I really don't care what people think of me. You know, yeah. I, I managed to shed that quite a long time ago. I did for a long time. I did really care what people thought of me and really tried to present myself in a way that I thought it would be look cool or whatever. But as you get older, it's just like, yeah, I don't even care. You know, yeah. like this is as long as I'm enjoying myself, that's all that matters. And if I'm not hurting myself or anybody, that's all good. You know, yeah. and uh, that's 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 the way to be. Yeah, I've I've wore the heavy metal badge for long enough that I can just listen to whatever. It's yeah. I'm a metalhead at heart, but it's that's right. Know, and it doesn't take anything everywhere. away from it. It does takes nothing away from it. You know, and uh, you know, like Bruce Dickinson is a classically operatically trained singer. Yeah, right. Like because he's got an amazing vocal range, and it's like. So, uh, is that make him lame? Cause he knows how to sing opera. Like, come <laughs> yeah. on, man. Like it's, it's all good. Right. Like it's very silly. So, uh, yeah, don't get, don't get hung up in that people, please expand your minds, enjoy life and listen to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Put on some of that Kelly Clarkson for your, uh, <laughs> D group when they walked in the tavern, <laughs> the songs you sing since you've been gone, which was our kind of first big hit. I, I, absolutely love that stupid song i love it i i and i'll honestly admit that i absolutely love it i heard it the other day played on the radio and i just I, I, I don't know there's something about that song that she just nailed it and i absolutely love it so it became a fun joke i wanted to have somebody kind of kind of very different for the the singer of that uh tavern so it was kind of fun oh that's awesome yeah it's a good giggle just a giggle. i remember i remember hearing a fact what was it um uh spice girls wannabe that's like mm. the most not addictive but it's like the most it's like the catchiest song oh interesting it's something about how it was put together it's just yeah well some songs do that to you right like you get it in your head and you get the rhythm and the beat and you just can't get it out yeah that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah too funny well i hope that kind of helps everybody and and like i said as, as jim and i always say just like do not ever be afraid to try things and it doesn't have to be things that we're suggesting like we're just a bunch of dummies here there's so many great things out there just try stuff make your game enjoyable and fun um if everybody's having fun at the table including you as a dm um then it's good that's all that matters and if you can do things to make it more fun that that's that's the thing you want to do yeah and like we always say in like our dm episodes and stuff just like whatever you're strong like if you're not good at music yeah just go on youtube and type in fancy yep. music and use yep. that but yeah yeah you don't have to be a music aficionado and know a bunch of different bands and different things like just like jim said type in you know D music and play a playlist play something but try and do it because it does really add something and i'm sure your players will really enjoy it and if you're a player listening and your dm's not doing it maybe suggest it to the dm i, I think that's something we don't talk a lot about and i i think we come at this a lot of times from a dm perspective if you you know when i think when i think about our episodes a lot of times it's us talking as a dm but i'd also like to kind of say you know if you're a player 
do not ever be afraid of asking your DM about something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. make sure that, and then DMs, be approachable. Make sure that if your player asks you about something, don't take offense. Like, you didn't think of it or something, but see what they have to say. And again, it, it's a shared game. Like, to me, a DM is as much a player as a player is a player. It's, it's yeah. you, you know, you just have a different role in the game. It doesn't make you the king of the game. It just makes you the person who's kind of like trying to keep it moving. But everybody has an equal share and equal stake in the game. And if somebody says, hey, it'd be kind of cool if we had music playing. How, how do you feel about that? You know, um, and another thing, DMs, you don't have to be the person playing the music. You can assign someone in the group. It can be a player that's in charge of the music. It doesn't have to be you. You know, um, I've been in, in games where that's happened, where we've like got access to a speaker and we take turns doing playing songs. Yeah. You know, and then as a player, if the DM says, like, you know, you're going to a, a spooky crypt or something you're like, oh, cool. And you start looking for a song that would match what the DM's talking about. So it doesn't again, all the weight doesn't have to fall in DM. You can have players, you know, do that kind of stuff, too. And DM sub out your stuff. If there's things DM has to juggle a lot of, you know, um, balls in the air, right? Like he's like, you are a juggler. There's a lot going on. And so to try and keep track of all that stuff is tough. You can assign some of that stuff out to your players. You know, yeah. initiative order, get a player to keep track of that. That's their job. Their job is to keep track of initiative. You know, um, all those different things. You can do stuff to make it a little easier for you. And I think a lot of times players tend to get excited to be included that way. Um, but if a player comes to DM says, hey, I'd love to I'd love to see what it'd be like if we had music playing in our game. Is that something we could do? Yeah. Listen to what a player is saying and, and see how it works. Try it out. Yeah. Yeah. And our Eberron campaign, our DM, he's uh, pretty old school and um he didn't even think of music mm. and then i was just playing music in my games and stuff and then he'd just be like oh hey just like play whatever <laughs> he didn't yeah. care he's just like just put on a list <laughs> yeah yep. i'm on it yep. well and, and some people like we said like music's been like a soundtrack of my life like i always had music playing we, we talked about that some people don't some people just aren't music people and there's nothing wrong with that that's totally cool you know but it is a group of people in a room and I think the music does make it better. And so it's something that maybe if the DM's not thinking about it, somebody else could mention it and maybe try it out. Yeah. And then, yeah, even if not music, like we're saying before, like the ambient stuff where it's like, yeah, sewer have water playing in the background with drip, huge, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That helps a lot. And then maybe just, uh, bust open one of your pipes or something in your bathroom and get that smell in there. (laughs) Just kind of, you know, Uh, you've gone (laughs) too far. You've gone too far. (laughs) So everybody out there, if you are uh, using music in your current campaign, please let us know. If you're not and you go and try to use it, let us know how it went. We would love to hear about that. Uh, You can easily contact us on uh, Instagram. The uh, 13 Sided Die has a Instagram account, as do myself, Ardnor Minis, and Jim, Epic Jim. You could contact us there. Or you could send us an email. And Jim, how would they send us an email? I would send it at crystalball at 13sideddie.com. There you go. What a guy. He's awesome. Yeah, please. We love getting uh, fan mail, hate mail, love mail. Yeah. Tell us uh, it, what bands we missed or music. Yeah. Playlists. Yeah. I'm, we, I'm we, always we, looking. Let us know. You had a, quite a list there, too, buddy. I was pretty impressed. It was, it was quite quite a lot, quite the list there. I got way more than that, but yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So there you go, people. That is some talk about music in your D&D game. If you get a chance to do it, please do. If you're already doing it, please enjoy the music. Man. Fantasy Factoid. Game of Thrones inspiration. Today's Fantasy Factoid 
is about George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series, which inspired Game of Thrones, was uh, partially inspired by real-life Wars of the Roses in England, a series of conflicts between rival noble houses. Are you looking for a D&D podcast for the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Look out! Random Encounter! Hey guys, we are back here after a short little break there. Um, good episode so far today, I believe, talking about music. That was a lot of fun. And uh, Jim was very kind and gave these these dice to me as a uh, gift a while back. It's called Rory's Story Cubes. And it consists of nine kind of uh, dice with um, pictograms on each side of the dice. And uh, you can use them to kind of create a little mini story or something. So I know, Jim, you've used them in your campaigns previously. Yeah, yeah. when we're doing like traveling or if I just need a couple minutes to figure something out, mm-hmm. I get I let people, you know, I usually don't do all nine because that's pretty crazy. That's a lot, um, yeah. I'll give them three or four dice, they roll them, then I get them to kind of make up a little story and then we, can't, we work the end of the game. Yeah, that, that's really fun. I love that. So I think what we're going to do today is we're going to take the nine dice. I think we'll take like three or four of them out. We'll each roll uh, one at a time. I'll roll them out, lay them out, and then read off what the pictograms are. And Jim and I will come up with a little bit of a concept that you could use as a uh, quick throw together game if you wanted to, like that kind of idea. Or like Jim says, as a filler between stuff or whatever. But it'll give you guys a bit of an idea how that works. And then uh, Jim will do one and we'll kind of see what that comes up like and uh, go from there. Does that yeah. sound good, buddy? Yeah, these are awesome for like DM. Like if you're just drawing a blank when you're doing DM prep. Yeah. Just grab through these and roll them. Just something will come up with that, you know? That's awesome. Okay, I'm going to take out. I got, I got four of them. Okay, roll them. Let's see. I have what looks to be a monk, a dragon, uh, looks to be like a flying kind of flying angel, something near the sun, it looks like. Is that what that one is? And a bow and arrow. So a monk, a dragon, looks like kind of like a flying angel type thing, and a bow and arrow. That's awesome. That's kind of a neat combination. What I think of that one immediately mm-hmm. is uh, Icarus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A bow and arrow flying too close to the sun. So a monk sends a person on a holy journey and gives them a magical bow and arrow. And they fly off on their journey, get too close to the sun, and then out of the sky a dragon comes and saves them. Or do they attack the dragon? Is it, is it a fight with the dragon? Yeah, and that's it's as easy as it is. It is like that's the thing. I mean, it's just to give you some inspiration to put something together, and you could take as much as little as you want and go with it and uh, work from there. They're pretty cool. And there's what nine die and um, six sides. Like six by nine is like what fifty four different pictograms on here. That's crazy. That's a lot. So that's a lot of combinations. Yeah, and those the ones that we're using right now is the like fancy story cubes. That's right. Yeah. Like normal story cubes, they make a whole bunch. They make like Batman ones and oh crazy. They make all sorts of different ones. So that's really cool. 
All right, buddy, your turn. Roll uh, four dice and let's see what we come up with. All right. We got Wizard, Medusa, mm -hmm. uh, just a sad guy in a robe, and a cart with some hay in the back of it. Mm. So that, even there, it's just something easy that a uh, Medusa turned a farmer into stone, and Wizard's trying to figure out how to turn him back. I can see that. Yeah, totally. That's a weird one, the sad guy in the robe. But. <laughs> okay, I will... Give another roll here and see what I come up with. Okay, I have a loot, a baby basket, a what is that? Oh, I had it upside down. It's um, an animal on a spit. You know, that's turning on, on like above the fire. I had it upside down, so okay, it was a cloud raining on it. <laughs> but it's actually fire. And then the last one I have on here um, is a castle. Oh no, a throne. A throne. So a loot. A baby basket, a meat on a spit, and a throne. So, um, throne, the king sends the bard on a, sends a bard, oh, okay. The king sends the, the bard um, with his son, with his infant son, on a quest, and as they stop one night, and the bard makes his dinner... He hears a strange noise in the woods. That's what I got. Oh, that's awesome. It's something. That, uh, that honestly, when you wrote those, all I could think about was Willow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get that too, right? Maybe basket totally. down the river and just mm -hmm. kind of, you know. Yeah. And that's that's a fun thing to do. Like if you, if you hamstring your players with something, a baby or a small animal that could potentially make a sound. At an unfortunate time, that's a great thing to do. Like you can really make it difficult for your players if you give them something like that they have to deal with. So something to think about. All right, Jim, you roll one more and let's see what we got. All right. We got a little gnome, mm -hmm. a morning star, mm -hmm. a trident and a potion. Oh, cool. It's a it's a gnome vendor. It totally is. So we, there you go. There's, that's what he's selling. He's selling potions and two magic items. You yep. find them by a cave. That's, there you go. He's holding a little lantern and a pickaxe. Love it. <laughs> and, and this is the thing. Like if you, you know, I love the idea, Jim, that you said something that if you're between doing something, you're prepping or getting something ready and um, you could, you know, give them to your players. Um, if it's, I think you've said this before, if it's like a, uh, you know, a night watch or something, something happening at night, instead of as a DM rolling for it, give three of the die to your players and the players on watch roll the three dice and they tell you what happens. Like, again, it's getting those players involved heavily in the game, which is really exciting. Yeah, it kind of gives them, because a lot of players want to DM, they just don't want to put in the time and the homework. <laughs> they, they like creating, right? So yeah. They see that. And, oh, yeah. We find like this cool statue out and you're like, oh, awesome. Tell me about it. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that idea. No, so yeah. big thank you to you, buddy. You uh, bought this pack for me as a gift. I do appreciate it. And I'm kind of excited to get to use it in a game here soon. So thank you. Hey, no problem. Yeah, this is a fun segment. Yeah, it's kind of a neat thing to do. And just really quick and easy. Like, that's what I love about it. Like, don't get in your head. Just roll the dice and say what they are and figure out what's going on really quickly. All right, let's do two each and do one together. Oh, oh that's interesting. Okay. Two different ones here. All right, ready? Yeah. I got a dragon again. Uh, dragon and a morning star. 
Dragon Morningstar. That guy, Trojan Horse, and Ooh. something that looks like Zeus. It's a guy up in a cloud with a lightning bolt looking oh, down. Oh, wow. Um, is the adventuring party a Morningstar? There is a bunch of clerics trying to get into um, Zeus's kingdom. Yeah, like I'm thinking like a, like a portal opened, like some rift. Yeah, yeah. Something happened with a dragon opened, some powerful magic dragon opened up a riff, and now they're kind of going into like the Greek mythology, but there's also like the cool. D. Yeah. That's cool. That'd be really fun. Yeah. See, yeah, right there. You could plan one shot around that or. You could, right? Like you could get that crazy and plan a whole one shot. But that'd be fun to sit there and say to everybody, okay, listen, we're going to roll four dice. <laughs> and whatever comes up, that's what we're playing today. Yeah. And this is it. So you tell them, okay, you're. Uh, ancient dragon opens a portal and you're thrust through it and you come out into like a you know an ancient greek time and you know zeus is up on high in his mountain casting down lightning bolts what do you do (laughs) what like that'd be fun and then just put everybody on their toes and have to figure it out and go oh if you only have like an hour or two for a game and it'd be a great way for you to hone in your dm skills and yep yeah no prep just go and the players just like go this is what we're doing and everyone just figure it out and have fun they know and just have very basic don't write up character sheets just kind of do like um one shot in the dark kind of style where you just kind of okay everyone your weapon is your hit point dice too and your yeah exactly you know yeah yeah love it be a lot of fun very cool all right buddy that was good next time on 13 sided die Hey guys, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, next episode. Um, Jim and I have been doing a little bit of discussion. I think what we might try and do is uh, do it as a two-parter, kind of like what we traditionally do. But uh, the first part, we're going to talk about uh, old Dungeons & Dragons, AD&D, talking about Thaco. Ooh, you'll learn about that. And some of the books and modules of that time. And uh, that's something that I have a bit more knowledge on. And then in the second segment, it's going to rely heavily on Jim. And uh, what are we going to talk about for the second segment, Jim? I uh, just favorite board games. Awesome. Awesome Good board games. So yeah, that's no, great. that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it's a really fun combo. So that's uh next episode. You guys can look forward to that. Um, there's a few things we did want to uh, kind of just close out on a little bit. One of them uh, was uh, something that both of us saw on a YouTube video recently, and it was talking about uh, Dungeons and Dragons as um, Hasbro owned and just really stock prices, which has dropped f- like almost in half in the last two years. And we all know there's been so much hubbub and crazy going on and all these scandals they're saying and stuff. But when the rubber hits the road to go and lose your stock price by half is absolutely crazy. And uh, it could mean that in the future, there could not be a Dungeons and Dragons company or sold off to somebody at dirt cheaper. Who knows? Like it's, it's a very weird thing. Yeah, I hope that happens. <laughs> I hate what Hasbro's done to D&D. Yeah, I I don't want to sound like a that that whiny jerk, but too much of a good thing a good thing is not a good thing. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like um I love Star Wars, but I do find it hard with so much stuff come out in the last 5 years that it kind of dilutes how much you love Star Wars. And Dungeons and Dragons has been so much they're trying to throw and do. It just I don't know. It, it starts wondering, you know, do you have the same like of it? Now, I find the beauty about it, though, is like we're talking next episode, talking about like, you know, advanced Dungeons and Dragons from like the early 80s. You could literally 
play those books and you don't even have to go buy them. I mean, they're all online as PDF. So like if you're getting into the game, you don't have to even care about all the hubbub and the silliness. Now you could just go and bring an old PDF of old Dungeons and Dragons and play that. And so I know a lot of people are freaked out and thinking that the world is coming to an end and D and D is going to be over, but it doesn't matter. Everything's a snapshot in time, you know, and if you don't homebrew, learn to homebrew because that's what you need to do. Or there's still tons of modules. I don't know. I think people get really hung up on what's going to happen, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything's going to happen because you just keep going where you are. Well, there's enough old school modules that you'll never play through. Totally. You'll totally. never play through. Them. I, haven't no. even looked at, I haven't even looked at half of mine. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. So yeah. anyways, that's kind of interesting. Something that we'll keep our eyes on and see where it goes. But um, there's been a lot of people talking and saying stuff and this sucks and this is silly and they've done it now. But for some reason, that one just kind of resonated with me seeing like, because that, that's that's factual. Like that's a, not someone's opinion, not something. It's like, oh no, they've dropped half of their stock market share in two years. Like that's big. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll see what, what comes from that, I guess. What Hasbro needs to do is make a real life He-Man movie. <laughs> launch their stocks back up. I've been waiting for that since that first one that they did, which was, you know, that's all I have. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, there you go. With, with CGI now, like what's going on? Why isn't there a new Masters of the Universe movie? <laughs> it's driving me nuts. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so I do have a joke for you as well. I think I was um, tasked with doing a joke and uh, you're going to cringe at this one. Cringe at all of them. Yep. Why did the bard always carry a pencil to their D&D sessions? Why? Because they wanted to make sure they could draw a crowd even in the darkest of dungeons. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that horrible? Yeah. yeah I hope nobody uses any of these that we say. No, th- these are the worst. Absolute worst. Um, I also have a really nice uh, comment here from um, this comes to us from Dustin, uh, known online as Gnomecraft Studio on Instagram. And Dustin said, love, love, love this podcast. You dudes turned me into a DM. And that's a very, very nice thing to say. And so oh, thank you. Yeah, Dustin makes awesome miniature stuff. He'll make like old school, like uh, miniature uh, Nintendos and that kind of stuff. And they look awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's really doing some great, great work. Um, A fellow Canadian as well. There you go. Yeah. Oh, he just did Diablo build. They're super awesome. I haven't commented on it yet because I'm a month behind on my Instagram stuff. <laughs> doing Inktober, but I'll catch up someday. Yeah, I hear you. It's, it's not easy, is it? No. Um, yeah. There's there's so much to consume. It, it gets very difficult, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, dude, man, it's been a pleasure doing this uh, with you because you're so passionate about music and I love the music in your games and stuff. So it was a great oh, chat. Thanks, buddy. This was a good chat. I'm really glad. It's funny because I think we've kind of like lurked around this topic talking about in the past like in different things but we never thought about doing it as a topic so hats off to you that was a great idea and um i think yeah hopefully it uh, hopefully people like it i mean music's awesome so you should like it yeah if you're looking for bands or D music or whatever uh message me or sean or both of yeah. us and we will berate you with thousands of fancy songs if you need them (laughs) totally totally there's so much you can listen to so good deal is there anything else we need to talk about or touch base on or is that the episode i think so that's the episode i think that's it eh yeah nice little chill one it was it was very nice it was great hanging out with you buddy and uh yeah we'll uh we'll see you next time yeah bye everybody bye everybody 
Well done you. You've made it to the end of the podcast. You're a bold adventure to be sure. Remember to fill your wire skin and to have your blade sharpened at the blacksmith's before departing. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new 13-sided die adventures. And don't forget to tell your friends about the silly fools talking about D&D. 13-sided die has been brought to you by Sean and Jim. Executive produced by Sean and Jim. Mini painting by Sean and Jim. Engineered by Sean and Jim. Goblin torture device by Sean and Jim. Conceptualized by Sean and Jim. Please note, no goblins were harmed in the making of this podcast.